This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello, welcome to the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. This week, I'm not joined by Andy Halliwell or Dave Bradley, but that's not their fault, it's my fault. I was supposed to be recording this podcast at 2 o'clock this afternoon, but uh, I was not fit to uh, perform to the high standards that we've all come to expect from this quality award-winning uh, production. So um, I missed uh, the uh, the earlier recording time. Our guest, Simon Crow, was ready. And, and, and waiting, um, but he wasn't called upon. But thankfully, still available. Uh, Andy, like I say, and Dave aren't available, so it's just me and Simon. Welcome to the show, Simon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Did you go to the game yesterday? Yeah, I did. Um, I missed York on Tuesday, so um, the last game I saw was Dorking, so it was right. like chalk and cheese. <laughs> so last time, it was, it was great. I was... Um, just completely different team, it looked, from what I last saw. Um, really good football. It says here that on your Twitter um, that you are the, a senior channel manager at Lad Bible and U- Unilad. What, yeah. what, what's, what's that all about? Is that, uh, give, us, give us a bit, of, a, bit of, a bit about you, a bit about <laughs> your background and what you do. Uh, so I work on like the video side of stuff on Lad Bible. So I used to do uh, Facebook um, and I'm transitioning over now to Instagram and TikTok team. Um, and at Lab Bible, it's not just uh, the Lab Bible page that you all know. There's other pages like Unilad, Sport Bible, Gaming Bible, Tyler. So I work across quite a lot of them just on the video side. So the silly little videos that you see going out um, usually have something to do with me. Right. Good fun? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I love it. Um, been there two years now. Um I used to work at a company before them that had links to AFTV. Do you know the Arsenal fan? Yeah. So that was fun. So I used to do the cutting up of their videos and stuff. So uh, when it comes to like fan reaction, I've seen quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a Latics fan. How long have you been a fan for? Uh, I'm 27, so it's all my life, really. Um, right. So the glory is no then. choice. Yeah, well, no, no glory at all for me. <laughs> no, um, my dad had it, um, yeah. yeah, and then he passed it on to me and my brother, um, and it's it's been a downhill slope since I've been born, really. But we're at we're at. I, th- I genuinely think now we're at we are at a tipping point, aren't we? Um, I was yeah. talking to a United fan last um, last night in a pub um, about how things, you know, like United success under Fergie. It's finite. These kind of like you don't dominate a game at, at, at the top forever. It's Liverpool, same with Liverpool, it'll be the same with City. But it's the same with like the downward thing. You know what I mean? So at some point, it's got to come to an end and things have got yeah. to change. Um, and we've really had, I think 30 years seems to be like it. I was thinking about this. It was 30 years until like sort of between United's glory eras of the Busbys and Ferguson and it was kind of 30 years for Liverpool as well it's like and now we've had I mean it's the opposite end of the scale because we're talking about but like you know where we're at now we've had sort of 30 years of nothing and it seems Mm -hmm. like now that things are about to turn and it's funny how even in one season like you mentioned about the Dorking game which was just one of the most turgid games of football um, you can imagine to yesterday um, what, what were your assessment of First of all, what 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 do you think the difference was in the, in the, in you know what's what's the main change? I mean, obviously they've sat the manager, so it's made a big difference. But what what do you think 
the differences between the same set of players putting in a performance yeah. like yesterday compared to last time. It's like when we was under Unsworth, it's like we set up before the whistle was even blown. We, we had the losing mentality that we had to like dig in and like be scared of them. Whereas you can see with Tomo, he's kind of just give them all free reign, cut it down to basics and just let them play how they want to play. And it's really nice. Like there was like 30 passes, 30 pass move I saw um, Saturday, which I was like, well, buddy, I haven't seen that in ages because we'd usually get the ball and we'd just it up. But yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of freedom that he's given now, which is nice. And just not to be scared of the opposition because it, it, really in this league, we shouldn't be scared of anyone apart from maybe Chesterfield. Like, But like I remember when we, we used to beat Chesterfield in the Football League not a few years ago. But so, so we should have that mentality shift of we can do it. We have the players. Like when we have this problem now of say like Raglan and stuff who like we can't even get all these quality players even on the bench so we, mm. we really shouldn't be scared of these teams and I think that's the shift like I don't think Tom Tom has had to do much because he's just seen he's been sat there for months now and he's seen that what's been going on so he's just he's just done everything the opposite <laughs> he's gone around let's <laughs> attack now let's do a post-match pre-match interview and let's yeah. like let's play a bit so it's like he's watched Unsworth and he's gone oh I'm just going to come and do the exact opposite but um, yeah well, what, what did you make of it? I mean I think I think it, it, I think the York game you, you didn't see the York game you said but I think really it's a similar kind of thing a different type of game but it was just about quality again yesterday it was just the goals were just all quality finishes um and you know we've got that you're not going to get a game of football which is brilliant from start to finish you're not going to control the whole game the whole way through but we managed the game yesterday like when they had their little spells and when you know we sort of like sort of backed off a little bit we managed it and then we just allowed the quality to go through like like you said getting players forward when you've got the kind of quality that we've got that they are going to get chances and they are going to score goals. And it is, I think, they, for me, they were getting overcoached by um, mm. Unsworth, weren't they? They were getting just too much, and overloading them. And it's probably taking the joy out of what it is that they do for a living, that they love, which is playing football. And, and when you've got an attack-minded, and they are an attack-minded team, aren't they? Um, yeah. I think Hogan's looked like a bit of a slightly different player as well. He, he yeah. he's been he's he's certainly been leading from the front and he, he looks a bit more, he looks even more like a leader, like he's taken the reins he thought he did yesterday. What about that away following of twenty two? It makes you realise what division you're in, doesn't it, when you when you see Yeah, that. yeah. That's what I mean. I think that's where the frustration comes from because um like you were saying when we started this, like it has been a downward slope, but it actually genuinely feels to a lot of fans like going into this season I've always been quite um like, I, well, there hasn't been much to look forward to in previous seasons, but I've just never thought we've had enough to compete in previous seasons. But this this year, I was like, we genuinely have a really good chance of like being even in the top half. <laughs> but I don't want top half. But like, but making history. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's what really bubbled over with a lot of fans um, after three, four, five, six like games because it was the expectation and like you're getting teams like Oxford City bringing 22 um, and even if we are under un, were, were under for this game I still think the mentality like he would have gone give them a little, little bit more of the ball like in the first half like mm. I said the 30 pass move 
we mm. we we was at home. We was clearly the home team mm. playing our game and just saying to them, "You come at us," and they couldn't do anything. But in the past, we've been at home and gone, "You can have the ball. We'll sit ten yards back and we'll just try and hit you on the counter." Mm. Whereas, yeah, and another thing I'll bring up on that, where what you were saying, um, what's the difference was? I think with Unsworth, they were all quite worried because we've seen players coming in and out of the team quite mm. easily. I think with Tomo, he's given them all. A, a bit more relaxed like if a player made a mistake they'd be gone for a bit and you're like what's he got and he's not even in that match day squad and I think a lot of players were didn't know where they stood with him say like we read like he, he won't travel one week and then he'd start the next and score so I think it's a, fresh, it's a fresh start for them all and it's quite an exciting period to be in now like we seem to have turned the corner um, it, it, they are two games I would have expected to win anyway so I don't want to get too ahead of myself and same with the, the coming games but it'll be interesting to see because we haven't played away yet under Tomo and we haven't come from behind yet so it'll be interesting to see how we develop with him at the helm for however long it is yeah we haven't we haven't won away still again have we this mm-hmm. season so I mean Tuesday night I'm going down to Kidderminster because <laughs> well it's not it's relatively close in it and for a Tuesday night yeah. and, and and we we really really should win that game I mean I think they've scored something like five goals all season so they they're not they you know they shouldn't be a threat we sh- we should put them to bed pretty pretty easily and then you know nine points out of out of three games and it's it starts to look very different. The whole attitude changes, doesn't it, amongst amongst the fans and everything. Where were you on the uh, Unsworth situation? At what point did you um, decide that you'd had enough? Because it seems like everybody had had enough by some point. When was your breaking point? Uh, like just after the new year, so like January this year. Um, it just clearly didn't seem the right fit. I remember seeing you guys at Halifax away um, doing the fan zone with Dave and Nothing ever really seemed to have get better under him. Like we, we had a nice period towards the end of the season, and it would have been unfair to sack him, like hundred um, percent. And then we gave him summer, and the signings looked good. And then even the the start of the season for me, it, it, I wanted to give him the chance, but it was just like, oh Christ, like it's 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 really the right, not the right fit. Like I don't think him as a person, and not nastily, like just didn't fit the club as a whole. Like I think Oldham fans want. Someone that is just brutally honest, straight talking, passionate, and just like attack minded. Like, I'd even maybe not the best manager in our recent years, but how well received Dino was under the Abdallah. He he didn't didn't have really any success with us, but I think the fans really appreciated his honesty and his love for the fans. Like, we once with he'd never come over to the fans, and that that's important to people in Oldham. Like, I really think the club want someone that's why a lot of people are buying into Tomo now I think because he is just saying it how it is and when it was under Runsworth he'd tell us a different game and that's it's it's never going to go down well with all dumb fans it's like another point I made um came to my mind whilst watching it on Saturday was do you know that um what's Gateshead manager called he's called uh, Mike Williams Williams, Yeah, absolutely cross him off to come to Oldham. Like, I like him. I think he's really good, good football. But um, even under Tomo, I heard people in the main stand behind me shouting, get it forwards. And I was thinking, Jesus <laughs> Christ, they scored that good goal the other weekend and uh, from the, passing it back from their keeper to the centre-out and like slowly building the moves. I'm like, nice football, but it'd never go down at Oldham. Like, and it'd take too long to implement his style. Um, he won't last if he chased out of Boundary Park. But I, <laughs> I, I like his stuff. But it's like, you know, when a manager just doesn't fit, 
like he wouldn't fit old and like maybe 30% of the fans would really like his football but um, yeah I think we're a unique club where we like well not a unique club every club likes a type of manager and I think ours is just a tap minded and very honest like and says how it is and passionate and just appreciates us I think I think that's a fair point. I think the you know, obvious one that comes to mind is shares. I thought I thought Richie Wellings was was like that as well when he was in mm-hmm. charge, as brief as it was. And that's a shame we didn't keep old Richie. But um, yeah, I think you're right, and I, I just makes me wonder how much of this kind of thing, how much thought will be in the minds of the board and stuff, and while they're doing the recruitment of the type of manager that. You know, because you know, you think about it. It's like anything. You can anyone can talk a good game, can't they? Go into an mm-hmm. interview and, and say all the right things. And I mean, Andy mentioned it last week on the pod about uh, the board, you know, being well versed in in hiring and firing and having a good eye for someone. I think that kind of big question now is about their personality, how they're going to handle the fans. They've got this experience now of of, of a manager that didn't work and didn't work for a number of reasons, so they they can use that experience. Um, but would you be encouraged to keep Tomo if things start, you know, keep going the way they are? Because it's been a very impressive start from him, hasn't it? I mean, it's going to give him a... Yeah. The other thing, when I mean, we've mentioned this, it's all speculation now, but, I mean, we don't even know if he wants the job, but he's he's certainly he's certainly acting like somebody who's taken to it very comfortably and seems to be enjoying the experience. Yeah. See, the thing was, I was saying this on in the car on the way home from the game. With, with Thompson, it's not black and white, in my opinion, and I don't envy the board on this, because it depends who is going to win this interview process with the board, doesn't it? So if you put it up to, like, say, Tomo or Mickey Mellon, for me, I want Tomo. I think mm-hmm. there's too many trammy links with Mickey Mellon, and I don't want to football. Mm-hmm. But if you do Tomo or Daryl Clark, uh, 100% Daryl Clark for me, but it depends, doesn't it? Like, there's this Stephen Buddy Clemens who's come out of nowhere. Like, do you know what I mean? On the betting, it's probably just the odds being shit. But you don't know who, you don't know who the the who Tomo is against is my is my way of answering that question. It's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind him, but it, it depends who's applied, and we we don't have that decision as fans. But it, I'd love to know who the options are because, like I said, if it's um, Liam Richardson as well as another one. Seems a great manager, done really well at Wigan, but also the, you, you don't want someone coming in. I feel like he's there to be shot at him with mm. uh, Joe and uh, da- Darren on the board, mm. um, which would be unfair, but I think that gives him potential to get shot at there. But um, It's like taking so somebody who's, um, who's relatively inexperienced again. It'd be a very brave decision, wouldn't it? They'd have to be... Yeah. Very, very. I mean, the, but the thing is, is, you can be confident, and and you can. Oh, yeah, this guy, he's definitely the guy. They've done. We've seen it before, haven't we, with people like Darren Kelly when they've come in and <laughs> talked yeah. to a good game, and, but yeah, yeah, and all that. And it's like, but really, the the, the best indicator of whether someone's going to be successful is whether they've been successful elsewhere. Yeah. But at this level, you know, you're up, you, you're not going to be getting the best of the best, are you? Because you, you, obviously they go on, and if they do, if they, if they do well at this level or just above, they go they go up higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose that, that there is, um, I can understand the appeal from the board's point of view of wanting to take somebody somebody new. Um, and, yeah. and give them that opportunity, and all, you know, I mean, like the way that, that David Unsworth was talking and everything about 
when he said he, he wanted to be at the club for, you know, when, when me and Andy spoke to him, I want to be at this club for a long, long time and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm sure he did, but it seemed like he was so stubborn in what he wanted to do with what he wanted to do. Like, and, and he wasn't, he wasn't prepared to, to change it. Mm-hmm. And if he had done, this is what I didn't, I was thinking, just, just, Give him time, like he surely he'll see sense, like, and he'll change it. But he was so stubborn, wasn't he? Just he because look yeah. what Steve Thompson's done with exactly the same players. Um, it's I think it's, I think it's crazy. I think he was just if you wanted to be at the club for such a long time, then you, you would have had to. You expect him to have done something about what was going on uh, to address mm-hmm. it, to try and change it. But he he didn't. He was just a bit. Of, it ended up being a bit of a car crash in the end. Yeah, he, he just refused. He was he didn't adapt to it. Didn't adapt to anything. He's in in game management as well. Very poor. Didn't ever use his free subs when everyone in the stadium could see. It, we'd need fresh legs. It's sort of like it's, probably, it's no point looking back on it now. It's over in it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, don't don't envy the board on um, the decision for Thompson. But he, like going, looking forward now to the next few games, I, I expect to win them anyway. Like. So, if he does win them, it still makes it a tough decision. The only criteria that I'd look at is, for a manager is someone that's been to National League and um, won the playoffs, which is why Daryl Clark sits high for me mm. because we're not going to go up automatically now. That that's wrote off. Chesterfield have just they've got that. So we need someone that's got playoff experience, in my opinion, knows how to win it, and that's the thing with Tomo where question marks come for me because he's not got that experience. Maybe he'll have maybe we keep him, he'll get us playoffs and he'll win it and then he's got it on his C V. But to me, Oldham reaching the playoffs this year isn't an achievement personally. With our players, our fans, our budget this year, hitting the playoffs, now now once us gone, should we should be there. It's whether we get the right manager in now that can make us have a very good chance of winning it and going up from Wembley and stuff. Do you know what I mean? That that that's that that's I think the decision for the board. It's we're on the trajectory now of these next few games. We've already got six points from six. We're going to be up there now. It's can we can we do it? Do you know what I mean? And we need to get the right man in and whoever that is. Don't know. I mean, there's not I love it like Clark. there's yeah, there's not that many like managers out there that are available at any one time that would have that kind of experience really, is there, I suppose. I think it'd be quite yeah. a, you know, be quite, quite a coup to get somebody who knows how, who has experience of that situation and managing that. Um, yeah. It is a bit of a lottery at the end of the day that they all play us as yeah, we know, but, um, but you can't do any harm to have had experience of it. I mean, I mean, think about it as well. We've got players in the squad that have got experience, haven't we, of, of yeah. those kind of things. And it should put us in a pretty good position. But um yeah, they're all I mean, they're all tough games. I mean, even yesterday we had to work hard for it. It looked like it was going to be two two nil for a long time and then at the end. I, I thought that the I thought that the scoreline was probably fair in the end to to, to what we yeah. to how we how we performed. I thought Green was looking very, very dangerous. He was really good in the first half. I I took a friend of mine called Moore yesterday and it was the first time he'd been mm-hmm. to the game and um and he just said, Yeah, he said, You've just got far more quality. Than these have, you know, you could see it. Um, he was, uh, 
he was surprised that Joe Nuttall lasted as long as he did on the pitch. He, yeah. he, thought, he, thought, he thought he looked slow. It's interesting sometimes to talk to people like that that have not been to the game before, not seen the players play, what their first impressions are of of people. Um, I didn't think he had his best game for us yesterday, uh, Nuttall. I thought when Reed came on, he looked far more threatening in terms of his pace mm-hmm. and getting in behind. Um but I'm not here to I'm not here to bash him. Um, you know, he, he contributed to the game yesterday, but I thought he played well against York. Um, but yeah, I mean we've got an embarrassment of riches up top, haven't we? Yeah. That's why it's crazy. Like our best form of defence is just attack because like on the bench we had Kurt and uh, Reed. It's like when it's not working with Norwood and not all you can bring on two very, very good strikers that would be starting for at least, I'd say, 90% of the teams in the league and we've got them on the bench. Like I said, we've got Raglan, who's not in the, this, this, the, on the bench at the moment. We've got Lundstrom to come back. It's a really exciting exciting squad. Um, we have, I think, of, I think we're a bit weak. Shout out as well. Shut him. Shut him. No, he, did, he, played, he thought he played well yesterday. I think yeah. he does really well because he's the centre-half, but he... And, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he he does. He does get forward, and he does make some good runs, and 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 do some of the. I think he's. I think he's getting better at the, in that right back role. He's learning, but like we've said it before, that you've got to be a good footballer to be able to just adapt from like centre half to to right back. You know, and he's, you know, he's, he's held that position now um, under Tomo as well as you know with Unsworth as well. I do worry a little bit though going forward about this about the balance in, in the squad though. I think if we get I mean Mark Kitchen got whacked yesterday and was like hobbling around and I was thinking mm-hmm. if we lose Mark Kitchen then that will really yeah. affect the team because again put some quality balls in yesterday um and and just that width you know playing with Devon Green he's one of these players you know those fast players like that they tend to pick up twinges and things don't they and yeah. not they get bashed around so they tend to pick up injuries through the season I just don't think we, we have enough cover in those wide no, areas and I think that could be a problem um, if we don't if we don't recruit a few more I don't know if we have to offload anyone or whatever but yeah I don't think the squad is the finished article yet but you know we should I mean we should have a lot more points on the board than we do now already but yeah. I, think, I think if we can go on a good run now before Christmas be um be a bit lucky with injuries and suspensions and all that kind of stuff, and um, and then when when we get a new manager in, I'm sure they're going to want to strengthen the squad and and, and bring players in. Another shout out to Dickinson as well. I thought he played really well again yesterday, yeah. and him and him and Green were switching sides and stuff and causing them all kinds of problems. Um, it's good to see Gardner back on a more consistent basis. I think we've missed him. I think we were a much better team when he's in when he's in it. Um, Sheeran got his contract extension. Were you surprised mm-hmm. about that? Since we don't have a manager in place at the minute, or yeah, it's a bit of a confusing one. People are saying on Twitter, want they whether it's um, been triggered by appearances or stuff. Right, I've mm. got nothing against it, but we've had this problem in the past where we've been struggling to get players off after giving them big contracts. So it did raise an eyebrow with me. Like I've got nothing against him. Like he's been thrown under the bus really with Unsworth like apparently like my brother was saying on Tuesday he had a great game against York and he played well mm. on Saturday so to me if you just use him right he's quite good very good utility player in it but the fact that he had his contract extended is it till 2025 in it I think it's two years um, raises um, questions to me um, yeah he, he, I think he's he, he, what 
I'm never going to knock him because he works really, really hard. He, he, he leaves everything out there. And I think you need players like him. Certain games, you need players like him. He'll get stuck in. He, he really covers a lot of ground. I was disappointed just today when um, Shelton came on. There was a few boos coming out of the Rochester Road end towards him. And I thought that was a bit lame, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I mean, he's not had the best start this season. But come on, don't boo your own players onto the pitch, like... No, I, I didn't hear any of that in the main stand. It, but yeah, uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't massive amount, but it was just a few coming out of the Rochdale Road end. So, just if any of those people are listening, yeah. I think, you know, yeah, that's not yeah, yeah, constructive. Not when we're winning as well, like especially you don't really want. It's, it's just I don't know. That's just a few few people in it. Yeah. But it's not. It's not good. Not nice. Not when. Not when we're falling in love. We don't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do now. We just won uh, two games, six goals. Two clean sheets. We we can't, we can't really do about this point. Fucking hell. I know. But um, yeah, we showed Sharon the only worry was for me, like just the offloading point. Like when we've struggled this summer to get rid of a few people, whether that comes back to bite us, I don't, I don't know. I probably would have waited for the end of the season. But yeah, like I said, I don't really have any real grudges against him. He's been playing well these past two games. <laughs> that doesn't mean give him a contract, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just that the offloading point is a bit worried for me. We still got like McGay and other people at Hallamore and stuff that we've probably held on to for too long, but mm. they've just dug in with the contracts, haven't they? That's the worry. Um But this is the thing, yeah. it's 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 gone it takes time to get everything right. And now and this was the other thing about it, you know, with Unsworth, it really what it, it it was in everyone's best interest that it worked, but it obviously had to work and everything had to be right. But, you know, that rebuilding process, now you've got another manager coming in, you've got the whole process of, oh, I like him, I don't fancy him, what's your style of play and all this kind of stuff. And that I think that's why, I think certainly from my point of view, when it's a temptation to, to think, well, Thompson knows the players already. He, you know, he's working, he's been working with them and he, he recruited a lot of them himself or was involved mm-hmm. in the cr- recruitment of a lot of them. And in some ways it feels like a, a like more of a stable appointment in that way. It, it maintains some stability. Uh, but like you said, it just depends on who's, who else is available and who else is interviewing. And, and, you know, we might turn around and be delighted with, with the new appointment, but you know, whether or not it will, it will kick on, um, straight away, or we'll have a bit of a wobble with the new manager while the, the new manager figures out what his best team is, his style, how he wants to play. You know, because like the other thing, <laughs> you can just imagine. I mean, I presume this is the kind of conversation that they're going to have in terms of how they're going to want to play. But you know, you've got a team that, that starts performing well at four two in four four two, and then you know, new manager comes in and decides he wants to play a different formation, and and then it doesn't work, and then the fans. <laughs> you can just imagine, can't you? I just want it. To, yeah. Whatever happens, I just want it to be just to go smoothly and just and and just. Be like, if, you know, Thompson's doing a great job at just getting results, getting the team playing. Um, so I'd hate to see too much disturbance if that carries on. Um, but again, we'll just we'll just have to see. Yeah, you, you're right. I think that's I think the board's ambition when when Frank like took over and got Darren in, and then they brought um, Unzuf in, and then the head of recruitment came in after Steve Steve Dinner. Um, that all aligns with there should be a style of play and no matter if Unsworth was to get sacked, then the players fit the system and you bring a manager in that fits the style. Like, like I said, how we want to play as old enough, like we're attacking football, blah, 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 blah. so when Unsworth goes, we hire a manager that fits that bill. So then there's no high turnover of players. I think that's what the, 
the thing was, but to me, Thompson and uh, Unsworth are two opposite people. I don't understand that one. Um, uh, like Unsworth seems really defensive minded. Thompson seems more attacking minded. Uh, and that, 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 that's a bit of a confusing one. So whether, say, Thompson doesn't get it and he moves back upstairs, the relationship between the manager and him it needs to be aligned, in my opinion. I don't know if it was too well aligned under him and yeah. um, Unsworth. And I think that's why the transfers towards the start of the season became a bit confusing. Because I think I tweeted at the point at some point saying there was a press, they did fans for him and he was like, I want to sign young players to sell them for a profit. So we can see that in Hobson, absolutely superb player, superb signing, we'll make money on him. But then we started to sign quite a few older players and stuff. And the the system, like you were saying earlier in the pod, like we, we have embarrassment and riches in the central part of the pitch, but the wide parts of the pitch, we don't really have anyone. So it seems like there's been an absolute misalignment somewhere there. And it would be good going forward if that structure is built where it's like, even if it doesn't work out with the next manager, Steve's, we put Steve's looking at players to fit this system. Mm. Like we always play with wingers, so we're always going to hire a manager that has a winger. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's where this kind of like director of football comes in, doesn't it? Where you, you mm-hmm. have somebody that, that helps maintain the philosophy the football style, the philosophy and all that kind of stuff, whether or not someone like Steve Thompson is potential director of football. You know, we spoke about this. We don't have a director of football at the minute, no. do we? But when you do have a turnover of managers, and all clubs do, you you, you are then relying on... It's, funny, it's The thing is, we've gone from having such a terrible experience of having a sporting director like Maud Lemsigan. <laughs> it's, like yeah. it's like a dirty word, isn't it, to say, oh, well, yeah. maybe, we, maybe that's an, an approach we could have because it's just like, oh, just get a manager in. But we were so desperate to just get a manager in back then because it was what we needed. We needed somebody that knew mm-hmm. what they were doing and, and, and more didn't, obviously. But now we're in a situation where, well, you know, what happens when like in this situation where the manager doesn't work out and you've invested a lot of time and money in a three-year contract in the hope it will. But then you're kind of going back to square one then when you're recruiting somebody else. So I guess, I mean, the other thing is it it maybe depends on the manager that's coming in and like what, what, what they might, some managers, modern managers now might say, look, I think it's actually best for the club and it's better for me as a manager. If there is a head of, if there is a director of football to work with Mm -hmm. or, you know, because they're looking up the game, they're seeing that's more common. Do you think, well, you might as well get used to working with it uh, lower down. I think there's there's a lot of considerations. It's not just as simple as sack him, bring him in. It's, there's a lot of moving parts. And I just think that it's been a good experience for the board. I think, it's not been a good experience. It's been a bad experience, but you know what I mean? There's value, yeah. there's value in it for them to, in, in terms of what they're learning um, from it. But it'll be interesting to see which direction they go. But if he makes it three wins out of three on Tuesday night, um, then I, I think the <laughs> it'd be like Richie Wellens all over again, won't it? When he took over yeah. from Sheridan, you know, and he started doing really well. And in the end, you just have no choice but to give him the job. Mm-hmm. We, we, there is that bounce though isn't there like when Chess mm. came back before we got relegated we had that bounce and then we, we really struggled towards mm. the end of the season we went down didn't we so it's a tough decision for the board and I don't envy it but like I said the only thing I have in my head is I'd love to see who like you, you'll never know but it's like I'd love to see who's being interviewed to then to be like oh I'd rather have Thompson but I don't know yeah. my, my head says I'd rather have outside higher I'm probably 60-40 right now mm. Um because I think I've got Daryl Clark in my mind, but I, I think I think he's 
I think it's really less likely that he's going to come. I think Cheltenham's more of a job for him. And I don't even know if he wants to work as um, my best mate's a Bristol Rovers fan. So I've watched Daryl Clark quite a lot when he was there. So I know what he's all about. I know how passionate he is. And I think he'd be a really good fit. But I know when he was at uh, Port Vale, he had to take some time out for his like uh, a family uh, tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he is based down south as well. Um, from what I've been told, he's based in Salisbury. Um so I don't know if he'd want to move up north or travel yeah. up north. It's a lot to ask of a manager like that. Like we've been signing players that are all northern based this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for a manager to who's out the game probably for personal reasons for a bit, yeah. um, whether he even want to come up north. Like I think we we all getting carried away as a fan base. Like oh, he'd be perfect. But I think Cheltenham's a lot more local to him as well. Mm. Um, they're in League One still. Yeah, easily meet in League Two, so I get the debate where they go down, we go up. So mm. it's all fun talking about this stuff. Like you're saying, under, we didn't really get to do that under Abdallah and more, but like we could go up there, which is I've never had in my life. My highlight is <laughs> Liverpool three two at home. Like that's my cup final in the FA Cup. But uh, so hopefully we can get a promotion. But well, yeah. we're certainly going the right way, aren't we? Like you said, scored six, conceded none. I think we've got a goal difference yeah. back to zero after you know some uh, some pretty shocking performances like Bromley and Southend. And I think, yeah, I mean, great to see the players coming over to the fans. Great to see the reception mm-hmm. of the fans at the end of the game. The big round, everyone's like a big section of the crowd staying to clap the fans off and really get you know get excited come on, you know, really kind of like, yes, we can do this. And I, I, I think, you know, I think we can, I think we really can, but I just, I think in, in, in the best interest of everybody now, this process will come to a conclusion relatively soon. But again, I don't want them to rush it either. Um, no. But the, the thing is we're in good hands at the minute, aren't we? What, it, during this process. So that's, uh, that's good. Neil Redfern coming in, obviously, to work with um, with Tom Moore. Who's and you know he's an Oldham guy. He was born in Oldham. His dad, his granddad yeah. played for Oldham. That's a nice, nice little rom. We like that kind of little romantic stuff in yeah. football, don't we? So, um, I mean, compared to a couple of weeks ago, um, when like you said, the Dorking game was your last game, and then obviously that debacle at Bromley, and it's it's just nice to. It's like coming on today, like with the pod. Um, just to be able to really talk about the game and like who's the next manager rather than sort of everyone being spitting blood and <laughs> getting so angry yeah. about the old manager. And, and it was, it, it it started off as divisive as in, as in like some people thought give him time, some people thought get him out. By the end, everybody was, was of the same mind that, that we had to, we had to change it. And um, so far, so good. It seems like the right decision. Um, right. So shall we see how um, you're going to do on Lattie's mind? Yeah, go on then. I'll be absolutely shocking at this, but let's give it a whirl. Well, most people are, so don't worry about it. I, I yeah. certainly am when I'm when I'm doing it. Um, I've never done that. I don't think I've ever done that. It's mine before. So uh, actually, read the questions. So this will be a first. Right here we go. Who's the first manager appointed by Abdallah Lemzigum? Uh, Richie Wellens. Incorrect. It was Frankie Bond. No. Who was the oh, front yeah. of shirt sponsor in 2006, 
Slumberland. Incorrect. It was Hillstorm. Who was Joe Rawls' assistant manager during his first spell as manager? Oh, Jesus Christ. No idea. David <laughs> Unsworth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was Willie Donaghy. Uh, which defender did Latics loan from Leeds United in November 2006? Defender from Leeds? Um, uh, no idea. Pass. Who was Latics' last championship win against? Championship? God, I've only ever known League One and League Two. Pass. Uh, not sure <laughs> the club, at least. Um, Lee Hughes scored a hat-trick at Millwall in December 2007. He also scored the winner against away from... Hang on a minute. He also scored the winner again away from home the week after. Who was that against? So he's got a hat trick uh, at Millwall in 2007. No, it was uh, Southend. Uh, who scored the first goal in front of the new Rochdale Road stand against Crystal Palace in August 1992? Andy Ritchie. It was Graham Sharp. Who scored Lattice winner at Stevenage in April 2022? Uh, Stevenage. Who's going to. It's recent this. Yeah, it was, it was a header. Chance. A header. Uh, Peter Clark. No, Jamie Hopcock. Jamie Hop. Jesus Christ. <laughs> remember him? I <laughs> <laughs> don't Who want was... to remember some of these players. <laughs> no. Who was Lattie's top scorer in the title winning season of 1991? Uh, Andy Ritchie. Oh, no, it was Ian Marshall. Yes, so... I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not, it's not easy, mate. Let's just, the ones yeah. you passed on, who was, um, which defender did we loan from Leeds in November 2006 was Sean Gregan. And oh, last, right, his last yeah. championship win was against Norwich. No, so no idea. Hey, it's the taking part that counts, mate. And you know what? It is. Without you today, we, I'd have had no podcast. So I'm very grateful. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, sorry, I didn't make it at two o'clock. I need to uh, slap on the wrist for, for Martin his uh, nocturnal habits there. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining in. I hope you've, in, hope you've enjoyed it. It's been great. Thanks for having me. No, you've been a good guest. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Um, are you going on Tuesday? Have you? No, it's, it's hard to work for me to get down, but uh, I'll be there. He's away on Saturday as well, Wellstone. Yeah, Wellstone away. And I think yeah. we've got Maid. Is it Maid and Ed then? Is it on, on yeah. Maidstone? Is it Maid and Ed on the Tuesday? Maid and Ed, I think, and then Dagon. Like these games, we should win. We should, we, yeah. Who knows where we're going to be in the next month? Yeah, we should. Uh, but it's good to have these games coming thick and fast, isn't it? Especially when you need points like we yeah. do. You've got a real opportunity to, to climb the table. Um, and um, so far, so good under under Tomo. Speaking of Tomo, my mate, Sexy Dave Bradley, spoke to Neil Erdley, um, former Latics player who uh, has worked with Tomo. And, uh, and he spoke to him about, about the Latics' current gaffer. So let's have a listen to that. Hi, uh, I'm here for the Boundary Park Alert System with uh, ex-Wales International and Latics legend Neil Erdley. He's kindly uh, joined us. Neil, how are you doing? I'm good, very good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks. So I believe you're a coach at Blackpool now, aren't you? Um, after, after you finish. So is that what you've been, the majority of what you've been doing since you've been finishing the game? Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I, I sort of came... Uh, to the end um, it was at the beginning of uh, of last season 
the last club that I played for was uh, was Connors Key Nomads in the in the Welsh Premier League. Um, although it was only for a short period, um, you know, I, I I enjoyed my time there. There was some good people there, uh, some good lads. So uh, since obviously sort of stepping away from that, um, I've been I've been in at Blackpool with with the under 18s. Uh, very thankful to obviously uh, Kieran Donnelly, the academy director, and uh, Matt Blinkhorn, the the head of coaching. Um, in terms of being given the opportunity, really, and uh, obviously went through the interview process, um, and you know had a decision to make really in terms of, you know, do I carry on coaching, you know, within the academy with the schoolboys, um, and I'm sort of carry on playing football, or you know, do, do do I sort of step away from the playing side and and take on the coaching full time? And it was just too good enough an opportunity for me because uh, I always saw myself wanting to be a coach sort of at the end of my playing days and um, you know like I said Blackpool's a club that has always been close to me and uh, you know for, for the opportunity to uh, to come up uh, and be a full-time coach um, you know back where I had some really good years as a player um, was just too good to turn down and uh, you know I've not looked back since I'm really enjoying the role, love working with the lads that I'm working with, the staff that we've got are great, um, you know, they're helping me all the time and I feel like I'm learning and progressing myself, uh, although I'm still very early on into the journey, just over 12 months now I've been full-time, so yeah, it's it's been really good, mate, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, fantastic. Well, you've, you, you've, you've worked with some great coaches in the past, Tommy Wright, John Sheridan, the Cowley brothers. Uh, but the one I really want to talk about is, uh, and that's just to name a few, you've worked with Dean Saunders as well. Um, you know, he, he's, he's definitely got a few stories, but again, we won't jump into Dino's uh, stories for yeah. now. Uh, but <laughs> the one we're interested in, as you've probably recently seen, is that Steve Thompson, um, you work with him quite closely at Blackpool and he's, he's just been made interim interim coach at Oldham Athletic and what what was he like as a coach because uh, I think you 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 came into Blackpool you left Oldham to go to Blackpool didn't you so how did yeah. you find him um Steve he, he he was fantastic I think first and foremost um Tomo was one of the nicest guys I've come across in the game um you know before we got on to what he was like as a coach he was he was a fantastic person um and I, you know, I speak on behalf of the whole squad that we had back then, and everyone that's worked with him would probably vouch for me and say, yeah, totally agree. He's uh, he's a great person, um, and the fact that he's been given the role at Oldham for the time being, I think, is great. Uh, Oldham still a team since I left many years ago. Every week I'll look out for their result just to see how they're going, to see how they're getting on, and uh, it was great to see that he got that win the other night in his first game in charge. Um, I, I, I worked closely uh, last season uh, at Blackpool with Paul Murray as well, um, who was our head of recruitment, uh, another top, top guy. Uh, got a lot of time for Muzzo, was a fantastic player. Um, and I saw that he was involved in the in the celebrations on the sidelines, so that was obviously good to see as well. Um, but yeah, Tomo, Fantastic coach, uh, was always someone that, you know, any problems that you had, whether it was football related or not, someone that you trusted, someone that you could always go to. Um, and yeah, like I said, just a just a really, really good guy. Um, so, you know, 
whatever happens at, at Oldham, uh, you know, I, 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 I wish Tom all the best, and uh, I'm sure that he'll, uh, he'll he'll have the lads raring to go again this weekend. Well, you had two two, uh, two ends of the scale, didn't you? Because Ian Hol- he was Ian Holloway's assistant, wasn't he? And Simon Grayson's assistant as well. Um, yeah. So they're two very different characters. But did did Steve bring in Tom? Or sorry, bring in that calming influence? And was or was he? Did he give the? Did he give the? Uh, what it's with the bollockings when he needed to give them as well? Yeah. Did, did, is it two sides to him? Yeah, I, I think um, you know there was periods at Blackpool um, where he actually took over as kind of interim charge which obviously is what he's uh, doing now I presume um, whether that's the case or not I'm not sure but um, Ian Holloway was, was was absolutely fantastic again you know fantastic person great, great coach uh, loved the game um, had a particular way of what he wanted to play with the group of players that he had at the time that really worked for us and we all bought into that and um Tomo was, you know, very hands-on in training, you know, took sessions, um, would, would give you any, you know, any little bits of advice that you'd need or, you know, like I've just touched on in terms of, you know, you could go to him with anything and, you know, you knew that Tomo was the, you know, he, he would always be there to help you as best as he could uh, and you kind of draw on those experiences like you touched on, worked for many different managers, had a fantastic career himself in the game Um and, you know, particularly for me as well, because I think the the player that Tomo was and the way he liked to play was quite similar to myself. Um, so, you know, I'd always ask him for advice. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd probably agree around the fact that he was the, the, the sort of calmer one out of the two. Um, you, you know, Ian Holloway was fantastic, but at the end of the day, he was the manager and, um, you know, the, he drove the standards, uh, as did Tomo, really. Um, but yeah, he, he they, they both just worked so well together, and um, I think we had such a good group of players as well that that you know they had to buy in from in terms of how they wanted to do things. Um, so it was just a real good fit at the time, and obviously the, the the success that we had sort of speaks volumes on that really. So um, yeah, you know, we, we I can't speak highly enough of the pair of them to be fair. Oh, that's great. Well, Neil Redfern has just been installed as his, uh, I think, his assistant coach now. So, again, Neil Redfern and Tom Orr, both midfielders, over 500 games apiece in the Football League. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. But do you, do you think, from your experience of uh, Tom Orr, that if he is successful, he, he would become, he is that the management start, a manager that you could see becoming a manager, not just because it's always diff- difficult, isn't it, when you're a coach and then you become a manager, it's a, it's a it's a different sort of environment, but could you see Steve in that role? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to our, you know, the earlier point I make around the fact that he's vastly experienced and that he's seen it all, uh, you know, under different managers and all types of different situations, sort of promotions relegations you know all that type of stuff um he's got so much experience and he knows the game uh you know he's been in it his whole life and um i think i could definitely see him taking taking a manager's role if that you know if that was what he wanted to do uh, you know i'm sure he's more than more than prepared and ready for that uh whether he wants that or not is is a different matter but um no i definitely say that you know, if if he was to get the job uh, and take it on, um, then he'd definitely be successful. And uh, you know, he 
again, he would have that buy-in from the players. He's got a way of going about how he likes to do things. Um, it's been a number of years, obviously, since I worked with him, but I'm sure his principles and morals and his values around the game are probably still the same. Um, and he, he, like I said, he had a great way of working. So uh, I think if he was to take the job, then you know that would be fantastic for for the club and for him as well. Well, you, you went to Alden to Blackpool in your career, and I bet that was, it was quite a big move for you, wasn't it? To be fair, I think it's fair to say because you, you just experienced Alden Athletic and Blackpool. I'm going to get killed for this, but we're we're going on the up, weren't they, at the time? Yeah. Did 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 Tom Orr help you settle into the club and be? And what was these values that he sort of imposed on you to say? You know, did he tell you to relax, or was it was a certain like you say he was he was driving you all the time? Was it was it was there anything that sticks out in your memory that that really that really you could talk, discuss with us, please. I, I, I think um, it was quite. A, it, it all happened very quickly for myself. Um, I actually did the, like a full preseason under under Dave Penny, um, and there was a little bit of speculation around obviously Blackpool being interested, and um, I actually sat. I, I actually ended up going up from from Oldham. I was actually living. Um, with Kelvin Lomax at the time uh, in Bury, um, I was sort of going through a bit of a sort of period where I, I didn't know whether I was coming or going, uh, mm. so I didn't commit to anything myself. And Kelvin, you know, I was close with at the time at Oldham, and you know, he sort of took me in, and I, I, I was living with him. And then I got the call to say that um, that there was a fee that was agreed, and um, you know, the next thing I was on my way up there, and I signed for Blackpool the day before the season started uh, so it was very sort of like last minute really uh, went up there signed did the medical uh, and then I was on the coach down to down to QPR for the first game of the season um, and I was on the bench I, did, I, I didn't play in that game but um, yeah Tomo was definitely someone that made me feel really welcome uh, helped me settle in uh, taught me a little bit about the area and things like that uh, you know, living up there himself. So yeah, he was he, he was fantastic for me personally. Um and again like I must speak about the, the group of players that we had. Um, you know, we, we, we had such a good group of, you know, experienced players that 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 knew the level. Uh, you know, just Keith Southern, Charlie Adam, David Vaughan, Gary Taylor Fletcher, Brett Ormrod, you know, Ian Everett, just just to name yeah. a few, Matt Matt Jilks. Uh, Alex Baptiste, Stephen Craney, like I could go on and <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, yeah, you know they're all all fantastic guys, and uh, you know they helped me settle in really quickly. And I was only I was only twenty years old at the time, um, and for me it was um, the the decision was kind of you know being at Oldham in League One, um, sort of the first sort of part of my journey and my career, and then. I just thought that was a natural progression uh, for myself in terms of stepping up from League One to the Championship uh, to a club where I felt, you know, I could I could go and play and, and hold my own. Um, and you know, the season I joined, we we ended up getting promoted to the Premier League. So it was <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy how I sort of, you know, that the reality around it is that I went from League One to the Premier League in less than 18 months so like it, you know that doesn't happen a lot um so yeah the, 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 you know they like i said fantastic group of people that i worked with staff and players and 
and they all made me feel really welcome in there. As for stories, not really. You know, it was just we just had such a group, uh, a good group, so many good memories. Um, and I think I think the team spirit and how we all brought into the way we wanted to do things and the staff that we had was what got us our success because mm. I think it would be fair to say that the, the season we went up from the championship on paper, you know, probably to look at wasn't, the, you know, the best team in the championship. But I think that obviously goes to show how important, um, you know, having that having that team spirit and that togetherness is, is to, to get yeah. promotions and Tomo and the gaffer and the rest of the staff were, were a huge part of that. So, um, yeah, like I said, nothing nothing but positive things to say, really. So does it thought that Tom had a few beers after that game, did he? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Tomo, uh, I don't think he'd mind me saying, but that, that day that we uh, that we beat Cardiff in the playoff final, uh, I think he might have been one of the first to, to crack open a beer in the, in the, in the, in the changing room and and celebrate and and rightly so because yeah. I think obviously the for the amount of time that Tom had been at the club you know we'd seen a lot of da- lot of down sort mm. of periods in that in in that space of time um, so for us to go on that journey and and obviously to be a part of it was was fantastic and uh, yeah we uh, we we had a let's say we had a, a really good night that I don't think any of us will forget. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Neil, you've been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking time out to speak to us uh, on the Boundary Park Alert system and best of luck with your coaching career at Blackpool. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Thank you for listening to the Boundary Park Alert System, a QPod production hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. QPod is Oldham's only dedicated podcast production company and if you'd like to learn more about how podcasting can help take your brand to the next level, visit kupod.co.uk. A huge thank you goes to all those people who subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. We really appreciate you all. Please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click be a supporter or find the link in the show notes if you'd like to help help us fund the show it's only 2.99 per month to subscribe but if you'd rather make a one-off donation please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafc podcast or click the link on our website don't miss the latix football phone in every wednesday live from 8 30 p.m please visit youtube.com forward slash at oafc podcast and do hit subscribe while you are there you can also follow and interact with us on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok at oafc podcast Big thanks go to Eileen Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog, which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning, and also to Paul Prendergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion, and for more information, visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records. If you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show, we would love to hear from you. Until then, see you next time.